Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Yokumashaki Show. I am your host, the, sat- the self-proclaimed cat ear extraordinaire. And I know it's been almost a fucking month that I've not done an episode. I have another episode that I'm also going to pre-release a little bit sooner that I had done a while back that, unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, I couldn't upload. <sighs> it is August 22nd, 2021. Um... The weather, I believe, is critically 90 degrees out here in Toledo, Ohio. I am fucking scorching right now. I literally have a fan on me. So if you wonder if there's a little bit of a blow effect that's going on in the background, it's because I have literally a power fan, uh, a Lasco power uh, tower, one of these tower fans that rotate. I literally have jet streaming right on my back because I am that fucking cold. I'm literally in my boxers <laughs> in a jersey in my boxers on my uh, desk area recording this episode. But I'm in my room, so it's not like I'm being indecent to anybody because this is a bachelor pad. We all can, we all, all men in here, with the exception of one of our roommates who's gay. Uh, not like he tries to hit on us because he's almost, almost hitting 80 years old in some cases. So, um, with the exception of him, it's a bachelor pad. Us 30-something-year-old, mid-30-year-old men just sitting together, just doing our stuff. But you're probably asking, what made me decide to come back finally and do another episode of this podcast? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's because of wrestling. And actually, I don't think I've ever talked about wrestling on this podcast. And I, I know, I need to fix that. And I'm hoping in the future I will. Um, so I apologize for all my fellow listeners out there who've been wanting to me to do a podcast episode. I apologize for that. And I, I will make sure that I do that very, very soon. Um, but I'm pretty sure Friday, August 20th, 2021, you all saw and witnessed, we all witnessed something uh, incredible that happened on network television and on the internet it's currently still being uh, going on especially if you are a wrestling fan and you probably and you already know what it is in fact i just watched a fourth broadcast of a major of a major um of a wrestling uh podcast streaming company uh news breaking company talk about this so i have to put my two word my my two cents in because because Again, I'm a wrestling fan. And that is the return of the Second City Savior, the voice of the voiceless, the best in the fucking world, CM Punk, and his official return to wrestling. And of course, his announcement that he has signed not only with AEW, All Elite Wrestling, um, but also will be having his first match in seven years to Darby Allen at All Out, which is the live event that will be happening in Chicago for AEW. Um, so the, the I'm looking at my bullet points here. I'm going to go over to the point. I'm going to start off first with my, um, my history of CM Punk. Why this means a lot to me as well. Some of you know this if you've watched my TikTok because uh, you've probably seen it, but some of you may have not, so I'll go through that. 
Um, these are my, I'm going, like I said, I'm going through my cliff notes. Um, the first thing I will talk about is um, why I'm a fan of punk. What made me a fan? Uh, uh, why is he my favorite wrestler? What is it about him? My first time meeting him, first time watching him, uh, if anything. Um, then my reaction the night of AEW Rampage when he officially made his AEW debut but his wrestling return um, as well as the emotions and what happened in the uh, event and then last but not least what am I looking forward to in the future of Tunk being in all elite wrestling and then after that, if there's any more context that I want to go into as my last minute final words, we'll go through that as well. So again, this is going to be an episode strictly dealing with everything that deals with CM Punk, which is why this episode is definitely going to be called Best in the World. Um, so starting out with my uh, announcement, uh, my, my introduction to Punk, I believe it was... 2011 Punk had his title match for the WWE Championship at Money in the Bank in his hometown in Chicago right around that time I believe the promo was Punk was done with his contract he won the money he won the money in the bank uh, opportunity he um, and also he announced that his contract was expiring the night of Money in the Bank and that not only will he obtain on getting the WWE Championship, he will be leaving the company, leaving WWE, and walking out with the WWE Championship. Um, he was done. He was just wrapping up his, I guess, a promo where he I guess, apparently was leader of what was called a, a faction known as the New Nexus. Um, and he has said that, you know, he wanted to um, basically leave the WWE with the title and that night he got a surge of fans supportive of him now again Punk was a heel during this match against Cena Cena is the reigning champ the hero the golden boy of the WWE Punk was the bad guy um, and I think this was also right around the same time Punk had delivered his, the same uh, promo that led up to this this title uh, match was also the same year that he gave away his infamous uh, promo where he basically aired his grievances about the company, about Cena, which was, you know, truth on that sense of it. Um I watched the, um, I own actually the best in the world, uh, three disc set, uh, that WWE released, uh, for punk, which <laughs> good luck in finding it. Cause unless you're willing to go to eBay or some cases, you're not going to find it, but I bought it the moment that it came out. I bought it the moment it came out. So I own that. And then I also own his ladder match, uh, from TLC. Um, so I have that as well. I also own his uh, global superstar figure, which is the last figure that he that was released in production from Mattel uh, before he left the W before his exit from WWE. Um, but from 2011, from that match in Money in the Bank, 
to his last match at before Wrestle weeks before a week before WrestleMania 30. I was invested in Punk. And most times when I'm late in the game, I usually backtrack to the history of some people or celebrity or somebody that I like. It's a musician, I go back to their previous music. If it's an athlete, I pre- check out their previous stuff. No different is with Punk. I watched every. I invested in every match he did up to his debut in the WWE. His match against uh, his rivalry with Jeff Hardy, his straight edge personas with the Straight Edge Society with the Growing Jesus, and him teaming up with Luke Gallows and um, Serena Deeb, the shaved head situation, the whole cult situation, um, uh, New Nexus, his Ring of Honor run from his first and last match his impact brief run when he was in a tag team uh together with another uh, wrestler that's name is past me steal something i believe um his uh his brief stint in tna i believe i said i impact or tna i guess it was it might have been tna um his ecw run so, I invested in everything from Punk, from his previous history. And it made me more of a fan of his. And I, not to mention the sheer coincidence that the fact that <laughs> uh, his persona of having brutal honesty is something that I also learned. I inherited from my mother. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I am a very brutal person. I... I to quote Punk as well as I am, I have the balls to say what nobody else has to say. And I've done that many times. Sometimes I can't take my own admission. Sometimes I can't practice what I preach. But there are moments where, okay. So, yeah. Um, if anything, I'm sorry, my, one of my friends is... Uh, <laughs> the um messaging me uh because i'm working on cosplay which will be a future episode i'll be mentioning about soon um but but yeah at one point my um love for punk became more and more relevant the more i looked into him And it became clear um, he he was the wrestler that I went to. Now, I'm not going to lie. He wasn't the first wrestler that I liked that was my favorite. My first favorite first wrestler was Hogan, like many other people. I was the, the guy who, you know, eat your vegetables and vitamins and don't do drugs type of person. And it didn't help that more and more, I just started being less of a fan of his. Then Goldberg came into the picture, and I was a fan of his. And I still am a fan of Goldberg. Um, and then, when I found out about Punk, I feel like 
that was a sign for me to sense of this is the wrestler I like. Now, since then, I've had many other wrestlers. I, I've actually adored much of it. I love all the New Day, Keith Lee, Bianca Belair, Matt Cardona, um, Io Shirai, uh, Alexa Bliss to some extent. Like previous Alexa Bliss, not current Alexa Bliss. If we're watching this episode, the whole fiend, lily doll, creepy, scary Alexa Bliss, I'm not a fan of. And I don't want to even go on the way about that. Watch Planet Productions' uh, YouTube video on This Isn't Working with Alexa Bliss if you really want to know why I don't like Alexa Bliss currently in her whole gimmick. I think it's a ridiculous waste of stuff. I'm happy for her and her marriage with Ryan Cabrera. I'm... Nothing against her on that sense of her, you know, in that sense of it. And I know she loves scary stuff, but this is just not it. It's it's not it. And and you just watch Planet Productions YouTube video on that if you really want to know the gist. Because I don't really want to repeat myself on that. But Punk has always been on that top list. If I had a golden choice on two wrestlers out of everyone in the division, if there was two wrestlers I can only meet in this division absolutely on top of that sense of it punk would be one of them because he made me more happier to express myself and be expressive to myself as a person myself especially for me being a person of color despite him being you know not a man of color but it helped me project of being very open and brutally honest in some cases for me as well and i'm happy for that but when he left uh, WWE or was fired by some claims because of his uh, absence during WWE and you could tell it was it was winding down to a point where it was just ridiculous because there were moments when he was on television and he wasn't even in a promo but was just in the background and you could see the look on his face of just disgust and disappointment now Punk has said many times he loved wrestling from the very beginning of his career he loved wrestling if you ever get a chance to find the documentary of Best in the World documentary online or anywhere, if you can, for CM Punk from WWE, I guarantee if you watch it, you will understand Punk's mentality on that sense of it. Because he breathed wrestling. He loved wrestling. I watched his last match in Ring of Honor. You could see the tears in his eyes on how sad but happy of what he's done throughout his entire career in Ring of Honor. He adores it. But WWE soured it so much. So, so much. And that's what really did it. It was WWE's notions and how they treated him there is what it made it feel less. It's like I'd said people before. Yes, the, the ter old terminology is true. You work, every, you work at a place you love and it's... Uh, you work at a place and you love it. It will never feel like a job for the rest of your life. You know that old saying? Uh, you'll never feel like you're working every day of your life. That is true. But if you work at a job that doesn't make you better, it will feel like you're trapped in slavery. That should be another terminology for it. And that's what it was I felt with Punk within that whole time at WrestleMania 30. And I remember it was WrestleMania 30 because it was in New Orleans and the fact that, you know, the only WrestleMania that I've ever seen live was WrestleMania 20. And that was actually the last time I actually stopped watching wrestling was that same year when that WrestleMania 20 happened. I, I saw it live in New York, Madison Square Garden. It was the only WrestleMania I ever went to live. 
but the disappointing thing was is that was also the same year I decided to stop watching wrestling and that was mostly because of the fact that um, the death of Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero who both won titles that event Eddie had won the World Heavyweight Championship Chris Benoit won the WWE Championship that night they both won that night and they embraced each other at the end of the event and that's the sad part about it that would be the only time they would run with that title I believe after that years later within that year later on they both would end up passed uh, dead and not dead in a you know sour way but that's you know but you get what I mean um but it was that mo- it was because of what happened with them is honestly what turned me away from wrestling until punk punk brought me back to wrestling he really did and even though he left i knew he was tired and i actually felt for him so i was like i was unlike many people who at one point early on it was like you know punk needs to come back punk needs to come back but at one point i said to myself you know what if you worked someplace that made you feel miserable, that you once loved, and it made you feel completely drained to the point your health is on the line and your condition is very messed up, there was an incident that happened, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows this, the fact that he mentions in an interview about a, uh, he had a concussion. One of the meds on WWE told him just pop a few pills in a gel pack and get back out there. And Punk's like, are you serious? Me having a concussion doing this? To one point, he literally had a constipation in the middle of the match that was recorded. And I remember the only other person who mentions about this situation is fucking John Oliver from last week tonight. He actually mentions about the fact that Punk pooped in his pants during the match because they he was given gel packs and gel packs and shit. And Punk was happy to see someone mentioned about it because he's like, finally, you know, he didn't say finally someone mentioned it, but he was just laughing like, thank you, John Oliver, because he he said that on Twitter. I remember that. So when that happened, and then it comes to a point that you're in a relationship with another woman who's a big name wrestler who's also doing just as good as you are, even taking a little bit of your gimmick and using it as her own, because let's face it, AJ Lee is a damn good wrestler. She set the trend for many other wrestlers. If it wasn't for AJ Lee, you wouldn't see Alexa Bliss wearing Chuck Taylors in her outfit as of right now with her wrestling gear. AJ Lee started that trend. So let's make that freaking clear. People like her are the reason why Shotzi Blackheart exists. People like Paige, who teamed up many times and had rivalries with AJ, existed. (coughs) Hell, Paige match had a match with AJ. The first match she ever had in the main roster in WWE was against AJ Lee. You look at all these wrestlers, these female wrestlers with tattoos and peer, and uh, 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 wild rocking gear. Women like Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, or Ruby Soho by the time this comes out because she's no longer with the WWE. Uh, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, all these lady female wrestlers who embrace like the punkage geek girl style in the sense that they are Candice LeRae, Mia Yim. Most of them in this division, I feel, wouldn't be who they were to express themselves if it wasn't for women like AJ Lee. Yes, the Bellas have done their part of it 
in some cases. Yes, Sasha Banks did her part in the sense of it, but they weren't able to express themselves who they are in the ring, outside of the ring, if it wasn't for people like AJ. So when AJ used Punk's shtick of his pipe bomb gimmick to insult the women of the Divas because she wasn't on that show, but all the other women were with the Total Diva show, even Punk was impressed. He's like, well, now I know why I'm marrying her. And the simple fact that WWE creative said, we're not going to uh, keep you since you decide your wedding is more important than working with us is the dumbest thing ever. So I can understand, like, if someone is in that situation, in that case of it, that they get wrongly fired for something that's a personal issue, I'm sorry, I'm siding with the wrestler. So I was, for the last seven years, fine with the fact that Punk wasn't coming back to wrestling. I was the guy, I was the only person who was not only a Punk fan, but also a fan of Punk, a fan of Phil Brooks if I have to use that in a certain terms. I was more happy and content with what Phillips Brooks brought to wrestling and wanted him to succeed in everything outside of it. Do an acting career, yeah. Do a couple of movies, do a couple of promotional stuff, write a comic book, work on writing in the comics or other stuff. Do whatever you want, my man. Be happy, enjoy the life of it. If you wanna go into UFC, that's fine. Didn't do so well with him, because he's had only two matches one he lost and the second one was a no uh, was a no contest because his competitor was found to have been had uh, drugs in his system during the match so he was disqualified but Punk lost in the match technically but at the same time I understood I completely understood and I was still happy and content with him just doing his thing. If you truly support somebody, truly understand and respect what they are in the sense of it and what they've gone through and the hardship they went through, you would be more okay with them doing what they want to do in that sense of it, even if something they love is no longer what they love anymore. So I was fine. I think I might be one of the only few people in his wrestling fans who was actually fine with him not going back to wrestling. The moment he said when he came to, I believe it was a Kids' Choice Awards that he went to, and one guy basically stated it, and he said, literally in front of the camera, I am never going back into WWE and wrestling again. I was content with it. I'm like, okay, man, I understand. I still support you everything you do. If there's a movie that you have in it, I'll see it. If there's a show that you're going to be part of it, I'm fine with it. When he did a, when he did a stint on the Netflix uh, reality show, um, Ultimate Beastmaster as a commentator, I was fine with that. When he did two movies, one I believe uh, is uh, um, when he did movies, even if they were horror movies, I was fine with that, even though I didn't see him because I'm not a horror movie person like most people, unfortunately. Um, when he was, um, when he wrote for Marvel and DC, I was fine with that too. I was content with Punk doing whatever he wanted to do outside of wrestling. I was fine with it. But then, within early this year, I saw signs that was slowly in the dipping of him maybe considering to wrestle again. The first sign 
was an interview with Renee Paquette. That was the first sign that I saw. Um, Renee Paquette, formerly known as Renee Young, is um, she used to be work, she used to work as a commentator on the WWE, and of course she is the wife to AEW star and former WWE star John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, and who was one half of the Shield. She has a podcast series called Oral Sessions. If you have not checked that out, you should do that. She interviews other wrestlers and wrestling fans as well, um, uh, especially ones who no longer work with WWE, <laughs> uh, about, you know, random, st- uh, you know, personal and other stuff in the wrestling biz and outside of the sports sense of it. And she did an interview with Punk. And Punk mentioned, jokingly, you know, what would take him to come back into wrestling would honestly be a good storyline and a hefty paycheck. At the same time, he also mentioned it more as if it was like WWE in a sense of it. Um, my roommate, who lives, who's with me, um, he, he is also a wrestling fan. We do a lot of wrestling talks. In fact, today we'll probably talk about Punk's return later in this, uh, uh, after this podcast as well. He... Um, also brings up the he also brings up a good point about the relationship. That was the other thing about Punk that soured within the situation between Punk and WWE. The relationship between himself and Triple H. That's what also made things conflicting with him in the WWE. And while Punk and while Triple H has tried to redeem himself with many other wrestlers in that sense of it, it's that one situation with him that still hasn't solidified the conflict between the two and that don't think that will ever happen um and that's also an instantly reason of why he uh wouldn't come back to wwe if anything if there's any one person that would probably make it unfortunately unable to come back to wwe it would be him um regardless uh punk then the second sign was Stephen amell's tv show heels was announced and promo started going out for heels. One of those people who was in that lineup in the, in the was Punk. Punk as a part in the show where he plays a heel wrestler um, in the show. I, I don't know much detail about it, but I do want to watch the show. Uh, Stephen Amaro from Arrow, who has always been a wrestling fan. He's actually done a few matches himself promotionally. He's done a stunt in, uh, with the help of Cody Rhodes. Uh, he had a stint in SummerSlam a few years ago where he was uh, he had a wrestling match with uh, Nev- with Neville, now known as Pac, formerly known as Neville, uh, to go against Cody Rhodes at, during uh, his star uh, 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 Stardust gimmick, which we shall never talk about because that was just it was a gimmick that Cody really wasn't OK with. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Um and then, of course, when Cody associated himself with the Young Bucks early on, when they were independent wrestlers and was working for, you know, Ring of Honor in New Japan after they left WWE, um, they started an event called All In, which was an independent uh, uh, one-day wrestling event that they were able to fund, promote, and re- and and be involved in themselves. And every indie wrestler was also involved. And it was their test on the waters to say, hey, do you think we can do a wrestling show without having the big corporate people like WWE involved? 
and it became a success, an overnight success. The tickets were sold out within 10 to 20 minutes after it happened. And that was also what led the groundwork. And it, it was in Chicago, of all places, the same day that StarCast, which is a wrestling convention event that happens, uh, happened. And it became the blueprint of what would be, of course, the foundation of all elite wrestling. Um, the Bucks, Cody, and Kenny, on All In, were involved. And a match in particular for All In happened with Amel being a fan of wrestling, um, which he went against a legendary wrestler, Christopher Daniels, which was a huge thing. Um, I believe that was the last match that he had before he focused on his acting career. So when Heels came up, now, which I I know he's already exec co-producer of the show. He can't be just the star. He's also the producer of the show. He has to be. Um, it's his love letter to wrestling, of course, with this show. Um, Punk is in the cast. That was the second sign. If I know Punk, and I don't say I know him, something told me that him being involved in that means it was his way to try to see if he wants to dip back into wrestling again because if he really was done with wrestling he would have turned down that role in a heartbeat he would have said absolutely not a person who's disdain on wrestling would not take a role on a TV show about wrestling for anything no one would do that a wrestler would never do a wrestler who's tired of wrestling would never do that so the fact that he was involved he's involved in this show that was the second hint that led it to and then there were other subliminal stuff that was going on during the uh, all in uh, all elite wrestling, you know, whether it was T-shirts that had Chick Magnet on it, which is a cliche for CM Punk's name because people never knew what CM stood for for CM Punk. Some people said it was Chick Magnet. Some people thought it was Chicago made. We still don't know. And Punk will never tell us. <laughs> it's the mystery of his name. But that was one of the things of it. Um, but. But yeah, um, you know, there were small subliminal hints. But it wasn't until one night on Rampage when it was announced that it was happening in Chicago when Darby Allen did a promo in an interview with Sting and he literally said the four words that is synonymous with CM Punk. Best in the world. The moment he said those words, the hype was real. I didn't believe any press. I didn't believe any interviews. I didn't believe any recordings. I didn't even believe any other podcast or any media or anything simple as a tweet or a post on Facebook from anyone. When it came about punk returning to wrestling, there were signs of punk wrestling. Nothing. I didn't even want to read a Brian, anything from Brian Meltzer. And if you know who that is, you know who that is, then you know what I mean when I say even him. I didn't want to believe anything he said. Dave Meltzer's never been wrong. Never. He's like the Nostradamus of wrestling insider information. That man is. He is a biblical. Biblically, he is. And that man's never been wrong. Never been wrong. His sources have always been on the spot and on the money. So anything he says is a 100% guarantee. And I didn't want to listen to anything he had to say about it. I didn't. Because I was more in the sense of, I'm content with him not wrestling. I'm content with that. I don't want to give up my dreams on that. Because at one point I said to myself, it's not going to happen. But then, 
I saw signs on AEW more and more and more. And then Rampage happened that Friday this last week. The chants were happening. The static was different on the Titantron, but it was still static. And then you heard those first riffs from Living Colors' Cult of Personality, which, by the way, not many people apparently know who the band is that sings that theme song for him, his band, for that very interest music. Living Color. Respect the band. It's an all-black rock band. Respect them. I'm just disappointed because I'm like, so nobody knows who Living Color is? My parents listened to Living Color when I was young. I know who Living Color is. Just never knew Punk knew who Living Color was. So, the moment I heard that riff, that intro, that melody, from that guitar melody from Color, from Living Color's Cult and Personality, and I saw that Chicago sign in red, the Chicago city line on the screen, and the pop was enormous. And I wanted to cry. My face was dry from not being able to have tear ducts. And this is coming from someone who has sensitive eyes because my glasses are not thin, believe me. But inside of my head, I was bawling like a two-year-old little girl. And he came out from the smoke and you could see his face. He still had the slick back from his hair like he always does. His beard, scruffily, just gray this time. He's wearing a sweater that has Larry's name on it. Larry is his pug pet, in case you haven't followed him on his Instagram to see some of that. And he's sitting in judo position because he takes he trains in mixed martial arts, of course, outside of USC. He's sitting in his uh, uh, his, um, his mix, he's sitting in that position, and he's taking it all in. And the chants coming from the left, chants are coming from the right. You can see the commentators from Mark Henry to Taz just clapping silently with JR and Excalibur. People are chanting, and they're chanting in rhythm to the music. You can see his eyes just watering up a little bit. He bears himself, he gets back up. He starts, he says his famous catchphrase, which is basically it's, uh, the quote from Thing, from Fantastic Four, which shows his geekishness, which is, it's clobbering time. He's telling people going in, Coming in, bring it in, bring it all in, bring it all in. On the left, there's a guy who has a sign that says, if punk arrives, we riot. And he's hugging that guy. He goes to him and hugs him. On the other side, he's singling the other people who's cheering for him. And he jumps like rock star style. He crowd jumps into the crowd. They're embracing him. They're pushing him up and getting him back out there. He's moving store to the, the ring. He's still taking it in. His eyes are still watery in some sense of it because you can tell he's a little bit crying. On the left side, Frank the Clown. Now, if you know who Frank the Clown is, if you don't know who Frank the Clown is in wrestling, you better be familiar. He is in every season, every ring match. You will see him 90% of the time right next to Brock Lesnar guy in that same skull shirt. And Brock Lesnar guy was even there. He's wearing a custom shirt that he made in honor of Punk's return. On the back, it shows the Chicago Tribune uh, newspaper article that says, I'm back. And on the exclamation point, it has a picture of uh, Jordan. 
he re-photoshopped it on the back of his shirt, and instead of it showing Jordan on that that point of exclamation, it shows Punk's face, and it shows the date, the night on that day of AEW, and on the front, in college letters, Punk XX. Punk sees him from a mile away, and he starts hugging him and bringing him in while people are patting him on the back and giving him high fives. Punk has had a friendship with Frank for years. Now, for those who don't know, again, Frank is a secluded wrestling fan who has gone, who by some random situation has been a favorite fan from fans and wrestlers for years. He has been in every convention, every wrestling event, in existence of some cases of it. But I think the, the, the title of the fact is he's very good friends with Punk. Punk loves his being, seeing him. And also at the same time, he's also done a couple of promotions in wrestling as well. And, and this is the icing on the cake, he is in dating Noel Farley, Foley, a.k.a. the daughter of hardcore legend Mick Foley. And if you have not seen Noel Foley, you need to go on Instagram to understand what I mean. Because that woman, you will be surprised. That woman is so goddamn hot, you will be shocked that this woman came out of this wrestling man who barely has dental in his mouth. Who has been known for almost more than 20 years has beating himself to bleeding death in every wrestling match known to man. And yet, he was able to give birth with his wife to a gorgeous woman. And this girl is is just as geeky as any other girl. That's the weird part about it. The girl looks like a supermodel, but yet she's a hardcore geek because her room literally has a whole wall full of Funko Pops. <laughs> That's how fucking geeky she is. And yet she looks like a supermodel. And yet Frank is dating her. Which in my book says the fact that you're a fan of punk, you get to be on the front row and be a bunch of these uh, wrestling fans to see up in the air. And you're dating the, the hottest girl who is the daughter of the one of the most hardcore legends of professional wrestling. Frank, you don't need to wear a, a rainbow wig and clown paint anymore. You are. You should be wearing a fucking crown. But I digress to my point. Punk sees him. He embraces him. He recognizes who he is. And then Punk's on the stage. Commercial break within 90 seconds. And then he gets into the ring. And he basically says with the pipe bomb in his hand, or the microphone, you know, he's winging it. He isn't written anything down because he didn't know how it was going to feel. And he needed to feel it by coming in this ring to see it all. And he said to Chicago, I feel it. And then people start chanting his name again. And at one point he's like, you know, I heard that for seven years. I heard you. I heard you. At one point in his promo, he's like, if I made any decisions or any choices, you have to understand. And I hope you do. But I wasn't going to be feeling emotionally, mentally and physically okay if I didn't go away from a place that made me sick which anyone who knows punk knows that is obviously a subliminal jab to wwe because no other professional wrestling company that he has worked with whether it was ring of honor whether it was tna has ever got him to a point where he can hate professional wrestling more than wwe which tells me this is since his situation with wwe Every release that has happened, I have said it will always come out better because people who dealt with it like Punk 
to be fired from WWE, whether it was this COVID, whether it was their own other situation, creative reasons, they made the mistake. WWE is at fault. Whether it were Braun Strowman, whether you're Ruby Soho, whether you're uh, Matt Cardona, it will come out better for you. Aleister Black got kicked away from WWE. Now as Mikhail Black, he is going to be the biggest thing in there. Miro, formerly Rusev, was let go from WWE. Now he's going to be a, now he's a TNT champion. The Redeemer. His character is way better than he was when he was in WWE. Every wrestler who has left WWE has gotten even more better in the indie circuit situation. Whether they're with NWA, whether they're Impact, whether they're with Ring of Honor. They have gotten in better situations than they were when they were in WWE. No mistake, WWE will still be on the top pinnacle of wrestling companies because of what, they were able, what they're able to do with the stars who succeed there. People like Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss and Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and uh, Roman Reigns and John Cena. You don't see them with other companies, unfortunately, despite the fact that their history with those other companies. But just know, if you don't have what it takes within a month or two and you're in the main roster, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, to a point you don't get to have that situation that in a main event match doesn't happen for you at a main event wrestling event including Wrestlemania you might as well just leave now there were a few wrestlers that needed to leave that didn't leave and there are a few wrestlers that needed to leave that ended up leaving that I don't feel bad for or I don't wish them much in the sense of it wrestlers like Jordan Miles mm, that's a whole different other story Wrestlers who are still there who need to leave, like Jackson Ryder, who is still employed with the company, which I don't believe they did. Wrestlers like Lars Sullivan, who got fired, who deserved to be fired. And then a whole thing of bring back old wrestlers and see if they got what it takes to wrestle again and try to get them a title stuff when they've already have done accolades of wrestling stuff. Why? I don't want to see Triple H in another match for the title again. I don't want to see Batista in another match in a bit. Thank God WrestleMania was it for him. I don't want to see Shawn Michaels do another match. I don't want to see Undertaker do another match. I don't want to see Ric Flair do another match. And yet, Bill Goldberg recently did a match on SummerSlam against Bobby Lashley. Why is that a thing? I love Bill Goldberg, but now you've tarnished his legacy with these matches of him coming back. The only wrestler that I respectfully understand what they're doing to help in that sense of it is Rey Mysterio. His son Dominic is a goal, is a definitely good situation. But you know what? Let me not push my rant on about WWE in a sense of it, especially being me still buying stuff from WWE merchandise because I can't slant them too much. But my point is this. Punk was in there when he said that was the last thing he said. After that, WWE's existence was irrelevant. While he's doing his promo, he takes off his jacket, he shows his new shirt, which is obviously a nod to his shirt that he had designed, uh, his infamous Chicago Best in the World shirt that was designed for him during Money in the Bank, because that was the first time he wore the shirt, was uh, Money in the Bank 2011 when he won the wrestling title. That design, but mixed up a little bit more for AEW. Um, you know, he's sitting down in his infamous sitting position, which is a remnant to his pipe bomb years. 
and he takes and talks about you know when he left Ring of Honor and why he had to leave Ring of Honor, and then the fact that you know he loved wrestling and he sees what AEW has done, and they're and in a way, and this is not what he's saying, uh, but he's saying it subliminally. But this is what I believe he's saying in layman's terms: is the fact that nothing he loves rest he does love wrestling. It's just it took AEW and beating Tony Khan and then that sense of it to love wrestling again and to see that in these wrestlers, the young wrestlers in the back and the wrestlers who he's known for years, people like Miro and Jericho and such. And so with that being stated, he needed time away to heal himself, to fix himself in sense of it and to feel if wrestling was that energy again. And with that, He's like, there are wrestlers in the back that I want to work with, that I want to meet, that I want to have help. And I'm like, what's stopping me right now? So what the hell? And that's when he brings up to his promo against Darby Allen. Darby's on the top roof with Sting, like Sting style, painted, face painted and all. Punk tells him, you know, he acknowledges him, which is another thing too. Two wrestlers he's acknowledged in this entire promo off the top of his head. The first one, as he mentions, is Dr. Brick Baker, which we can all agree on. So now the doctor is in definitely good heat sense. <laughs> the second person is Darby Allen. He mentions, you know, you're good, kid. You're good. I've seen you do some dangerous stuff, and you want to go even more dangerous. What's more dangerous than having fighting me in Chicago? And that sets up, of course, for his upcoming return match, which will be on September 3rd in Chicago at All Out. Punk versus Darby Allen. And I have not watched a pay-per-view. I have not paid for a pay-per-view in more than 10 years. Like I said before, the last wrestling event I went to that I paid money for was WrestleMania 20, people. And that was 2004 or 2005. I have not since then paid for a pay-per-view. I've watched results in the back. I have watched uh, clips of events of it. I've read online clips and such of it. I've referred to my friends telling me about results of wrestling events the next day. But I may actually pay for this event. So uh, whether it's Fight TV or Bleacher Report or whatever, I actually might pay for this event. I actually would. I would love to get tickets, but they were sold out within 24 hours of them putting the tickets up. They're sold out. So that place is going to be filled to the brim. Uh, shout out to Aubrey uh, Regato, who um, a special lady that I w- wanted to go to the event to see it with. but And she lives in Chicago, so I consider her my AJ Lee if you get my drift. Um, in any case, I s- saw in his eyes of him, like in that sense. And before he ends his promo, he's like, look, it's been a while, seven years. I know you guys waited for a while of it. And you know what? To make it up for you, by the end of this show and this night, on your way out, grab yourself an ice cream bar on me, which was the greatest way to end the promo. Because Punk has said for years, since his pipe bomb persona incense, that he's wanted the ice cream bars to come back. Now, Nobody is stating about this, but I'm going to have to say it. They weren't the ice cream bars you really expect. It's just typical chocolate-covered ice cream bars. 
the ice cream bars we were expecting are the cookie sandwich ice cream bars. Those were the ones he wanted to come back. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. It's something. Um, so yeah. Uh, because WWE, back in the early years, used to put out these ice cream bars that were basically like uh, ice cream sandwiches on a stick. Cookie sandwiches on the outside, ice cream in the middle, and on the cookies would feature uh, superstars uh, designed on the front of them. So you could get one with all the wrestlers on there. Punk said those were like his one is the one of the things he always wanted that we grew up was wanted one of those to come back. In fact, if you look at the box for, I believe the TLC match event in 2000, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, the 2011 TLC cover promo cover you literally see punk holding the ice cream bar the ones that i was expecting him to have but they're not the ones that you're expecting they're basically basic chocolate cover ice cream bars so but still it has the wrapper with his logo on it and everything so that was just a nice touch but it still was a nice touch but again would have been nice if it was more like the ice cream bars that he wanted but it's a good way to signal about it so um of course, after that event, they had a press conference where he went into more detail with Tony Khan about the deal. Apparently, he had um, talked about this within a year. He didn't want to really make this officially out yet until after the pandemic because he didn't want to make his announcement of coming back in an empty arena, which makes complete sense. You got to feel it. With that promo he did, he wanted to feel the people cheering him, edging him, helping him welcome back. You can't really do that with a televised screen audience or in an empty arena. You can't do that. He couldn't, if he was in WWE, he wouldn't have been able to do that in the Thunderdome. There's no way. So, it makes sense. <clears throat> you know, he just, he goes on in much detail. If you were on YouTube, you'll probably see it all. I don't want to go through the gist of it, but that was the more or less what was. Now, I watched that video. Those because they're separate in two videos it's the one video which basically just shows him coming to out and officially and making it official that he is here and then the second one that deals more with the promos i've watched both of those videos for the last three days about 20 times and i have no regrets so 60 times i have watched both videos of punk along with Several videos from other wrestling uh, uh, outlets and uh, wrestling news broadcasting places, including Cultaholic and um, What Culture, talking about their reaction of Punk's return. But the one that I had to watch out of everybody's, and I think you all know this, is Wrestle Talk's live stream. Because for the last five years, uh, broadcaster Ollie Davis, who is a Punk fan, has always made a joke of CM Punk return confirmed. There was even a guy in the audience holding a sign that said that CM Punk to AEW confirmed. And it was always as a joke from Ollie Davis in his broadcasting of news. He was like, CM Punk return confirmed. CM Punk to AEW confirmed. And now he actually got to say it on live stream while tears in his eyes. He was swelling up. He didn't say a word until after his co-anchors, his broadcasting co-workers with him, watching the stream saying, you gotta say it, Ali. And Ali's like, I don't know, I don't know how I can go all this. And he's like, okay, 
CM Punk to AMW confirmed and just joined us. And then there was a later live stream of Ali, a little bit drunk, just saying it again. And he's giving his description of the whole event. If you have not watched it, you really need to watch it. That's the best reaction of a fan being joyous about this man's return. And I could not agree so much more with this. And everyone, whether you are a fan of Punk or you were just a fan of what Punk had done, we can all synonymously agree that this right here was anonymous. JR, Jim Ross, who was in broadcasting that night on AEW, said it best. This feels Jordan-esque, and it surely does. It's weird, too, in a way, if you think about it, that the transpires way the same way Punk did, just like Jordan. Jordan retired, wanted to go into other stuff. Punk got fired from the company or left wrestling. Jordan tried other ventures like baseball. Didn't work out for him. Punk tried UFC. Didn't work for him. People said, you need to come back and do the thing you do best. They both were like, I don't know if I want to do that. They tried other ventures. But the moment they came back, they realized it feels right. Punk did the same thing. So... Yeah. If anything, um, the fact that this night happened for me makes me feel happy about it. Now, I won't lie to you. I liked wrestling before. I was watching it still to some extent. Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Bianca Belair, The New Day briefly, Io Shirai, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, who I absolutely love. I think is another person who deserves every credential she's been getting recently. She was a contestant on the last Tough Enough that was ever aired, which was the reality show that WWE used to do for their contestants to have people, wrestlers. Um, Mandy Rose, uh, Sonia uh, Deville were also a few of those same competitors. Chelsea Green from uh, Indie Wrestling, who also had a brief stint in WWE, also was one of the contestants on the show. Um, Shotzi was one of the contestants, but she had to unfortunately um, forfeit in the competition due to a heart condition at the time that was considered very scary. But after she was able to overcome that condition, she went back into wrestling, did it independently to the point she landed in Evolve uh, Wrestling, which is a small indie wrestling company that ended up being bought out by WWE. Her last match in there was also the match that also got her a contract with WWE for NXT. Now she's in the main roster. She's held the, uh, she is now in the running for the tag team women's championship, hopefully, but she's another one who I absolutely love. I think her, if she was groomed under punk would have been a great wrestling partner for punk in some cases about it because she's she oozes so much the same stuff that punk is she's geeky she loves horror she's alternative tattoos piercings hair color she's right up there i love shotzi she's one of the main reasons i watch as well along with a few others she's one of the top her then keith lee then bianca belair then io shirai and then after that probably uh killing uh killian cross so, yeah, those are still some of the wrestlers I still watch in that sense. But it didn't give me the satisfaction to watch pay-per-views and watching live events of Raw shows or SmackDown or 
big event shows in WWE like CM Punk did. Not even Goldberg. Because, again, like Punk, I was fine with Goldberg not wrestling again. I was more content with that. But when he came back, it was mild somewhat. And now it's to a point where he just had a match against Bobby Lashley that wasn't even needed, honestly. Um, But this... This gives me my love of wrestling again because of people like Punk to a point where I want to put more enthusiasm into it. And I'm not alone, apparently. Many wrestling fans who just, you know, yeah, it's wrestling. But now with Punk back, now it's wrestling. It feels like wrestling again. There's a picture with Punk wearing a Bulls 45 Jordan jersey. And that says it all. And like I said earlier, it's kind of weird that he it, it does feel Jordan-esque because JR said it best. It is indeed Jordan-esque. So, now that this is back again, like I said, I'm invested more with AEW. Now, I'm not going to lie. I don't have a lot of AEW stuff. A couple of shirts I have from some of the wrestlers, Pride and Powerful, Queen J, Matt Cardona, um, you know, Bullet Club, uh, you know, a few others. Uh, Britt Baker shirts. I don't have any figures from AEW yet because they're hard to get because, well, apparently this year in the last few years, wrestling figures have become more scarce to find. <laughs> to find a wrestling figure from AEW is like looking for gold now because it's that hard. And thanks to wrestlers like Matt Cardona, who are wrestling figure collector enthusiasts, or wrestlers like Ethan Page, who make wrestling figures enthusiasm again for fans it's become even rarer and harder to find wrestling figures. So that's why I haven't owned a wrestling figure yet. Otherwise, I would have had a Kenny Omega, a Britt Baker, a um, Matt Seidel, a um, Sammy Guevara, a Fuego del Sol, a uh, Brody Lee figure. I would have had all the figures from those guys. A Matt Hardy figure. I would have had all of those figures right now. But I have none. I only have WWE figures because they're easy to find. Because most of them are not old figures, with the exception of two. I have the CM Punk figure I mentioned before, and then I have a Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder figure, which is a retro figure that they released when they were uh, promoting, uh, I believe it was a game, a mobile game on WWE, where you could use the figure to collect uh, virtual figures onto your app. And I forgot, I think it's called WWE Mayhem. Um, I don't think it's in service anymore because I think they're working on another game called Undefeated, which is the new game now from WWE. But yeah, they had these figures where they're basically looking like retro figures of WWE figures with the old logo and the border and everything like that. And I found it for $5 at Five Below. The figure now is almost worth like 60 bucks because it's a figure when Matt Cardona was known as Zack Ryder in WWE. It was his early run as Zack Ryder. So now that figure is rare. And both of those are rare figures. All the other figures I own are figures that are either from two versions of the series. WWE has two variant series. They have the standard series, which comes in the regular box case. And then there's what's called the Elite Collection, which is more of detailed variant figures that are in boxes. And they more articulated detail with the wrestlers, which means they use what's called, I guess, FX, which they mean they scan the wrestler and it gives them more detail on their figures more than the other ones. So, like, the detail on the figures, hands, their clothing, their wrestling attire, the belt, 
uh, everything. It's more like more poseable and everything else and more detailed on their figures than the other ones. Um, whereas in the standard series, it's just a basically posable action figure that's just in a case with the wrestler. Now, I have those standard ones, but I also have elite versions of those figures. Um, I'll probably do a um, tour of those videos on my YouTube channel eventually, so you'll see those very soon. Um, but other than that, I, like again, I have no AEW figures. None. But that hopefully will change soon. So I, all I have is shirts from AEW. But you bet your dollar, dollar I'm getting a CM Punk shirt. I have a cheap Walmart version of an AEW of a CM Punk shirt from WWE, which is basically one of the uh, um, a, a cheap version that's officially a WWE shirt, but they reproduced it for stores with lower quality clothes, with a lower quality of the fabric so that people feel like they bought a authentic shirt because most of the authentic shirts from WWE has that authentic official wear stamp patched on the bottom of the shirt. Some of the shirts they do. This one didn't have it, um, but it's a shirt of punk in a, like a Sistine Chapel design. I wore the hell out of that shirt because it's the only punk shirt I own. It's so hard to find a punk shirt at the time because he had three variant shirts that I loved. He had a Nexus shirt. He had his best in the world shirt, and then he had the best since day one shirt, which is a picture of his hand with arrows, um, which was the last shirt that was printed off of him. And then he had his best in the world ACDC shirt that I also wanted to get, which was very, very hard to find. Um, aside from both of those, all those shirts, I have no CM Punk shirt, but hopefully I will. Since the reveal of that shirt on AEW, the AEW shop has crashed several days they've just back online today but they've now only have lower quality on their shirts and now the ringer shirts for the quality which are higher quality of the shirts are sold out and they don't know when they'll get them back so now i'm gonna have to wait a little longer till they are back restocked with ringer shirts to so i can buy a real more authentic cm punk shirt because punk's shirts are ringer shirts and ringer shirts are basically a white t-shirt with cuff collar, black cuff collars on the neck and the sleeves collars. So they don't have those anymore. There's just regular white shirt. And I am not going to get a regular white shirt. I am getting me a ringer shirt so I can wear it with a better quality. And the moment they announce that there will be a CM Punk shirt figure, I am definitely buying it. It might be the first AEW figure that I will actually buy that I'm going to put in authentic for. So, with that being said, um, I'm trying to see what else I have covered that I have mentioned. I basically talked about the promo. I basically talked about Punk's promo. I talked about my thing of revenge, my reaction to Rampage. So, that pretty much ends this episode because I only wanted to talk about Punk and it surges wrestling. Again, I put Punk on the top of the list mostly because, not because of his moves assets, not just because of his attire not because of his quotes and promos but it's more on the fact of his love of wrestling there's not a lot of wrestlers i know that have so much enthusiasm for wrestling and it being taken away from working for a company that doesn't give you the much respect that you deserve and i think it's personally the reason why punk chose aew it's a wrestling company made by a wrestling fan with wrestlers WWE was invested by a company by a man who apparently wanted to who was in the business from a business standpoint. 
That's why people have said for the longest that Vinny Mac needs to retire and Triple H needs to run the company. But that will never happen as long as there's breath in Vince's body. And while some of his material has worked, it's not on the same surges as AEW. Kenny, Cody, Matt, Nick, along with Tony, have made this company more relevant and more appreciative to the wrestlers themselves. I have not seen even one wrestler who's left AEW because of other reasons be upset about their release as much as I've seen a wrestler who left WWE or who have been exited from WWE in the sense of it. Most wrestlers who leave WWE have gone to the point where they are feeling upset, feeling disrespected, feeling shocked, but at some point relieved. The only wrestler who has left, who has no longer been with AEW, who unfortunately was a creative, was, um, I forgot, the name's gonna run off of me. Um, one wrestler, I believe, who was, um, uh, I think one female wrestler was uh, the only one uh, the tournament the only woman who has uh, been okay Ivelisse that's her name I couldn't remember for longest Ivelisse is the only wrestler who has left AEW because of a conflict and unfortunate situation she is the only wrestler I have known to have left AEW on unfortunate situation every wrestler who has left AEW has left on a good, respectful situation. B. Presley left AEW uh, two years after she appeared in the company and wishes nothing best and wishes the best for AEW and no ill will. While she is now with WWE, but, you know, she left with the must intentions. Um, awesome Kong, we have no idea. We have no idea, but we understand on that sense of it. Um, but there's a few, been a few others. Who have left WW? Who has left AEW? But on the same sense of it, like we're fine. It's nothing wrong with AEW. We we wish them well. We feel great about it. We we enjoyed our moments there. Whereas in WWE, personally, I feel like every wrestler who's there is like I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I'm disappointed. But oh well. And most of them have gone on to do better things in their independent sense of it or in their resurgence out of it. So it makes sense. Um. With that being said, it tells you how much of a difference in that makes. And I think Punk sees that, which is why he, him talking with me and meeting and getting to know Tony as a wrestling fan made best difference of it compared to his relationship in WWE with Triple H and Vincent. Now again, from what I've heard from people, he had a good relationship, he had an okay relationship with Vince, but not a good one with Triple H. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that showed in the real world or not. I don't much care on that sense of it. My thing was, is if I knew he was coming back, I knew it wasn't going to be with WWE at some points of it. I was expecting maybe Ring of Honor. I maybe a thought of maybe Impact if it was a surprise. But AEW fits. It fits so well. Because again, the fact of those people who work backstage in, w in AEW are people who worked with WWE, whether it was a minute, a squash match of it, one or two matches, whatever. 
they've done their part with WWE, so they know how that company works in a sense to do what they are, the branding of it. And this is the landscape of it. Now, this being Sunday, of course, SummerSlam happened. And WWE's response to a punk return was, of course, having two returning wrestlers come back. But unfortunately, they weren't on my personal level of excitement like it was with Punk. It's not the same. And that was the return of Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar. Now, Brock, I was never a Brock Lesnar fan. I let them have that one. I was a fan of Becky, but unfortunately, it didn't go so well for her because of the fact that it squashed Bianca Belair, who was at the time the current women's champion by the time this episode came out. And unfortunately, she got squashed so that Becky could be the champion again. And that just tells you right there, it's like The Rock automatically losing the title to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Rock's only been there for what? Like a, two or three months getting a push? It's ridiculous. So, yeah. That's not doing so well for Becky. However, um, that's a whole situation. I was partly a fan of Becky, but morally, it was a style aesthetic-wise for Becky, honestly. But Brock Lesnar, I was never a fan. So I could care less about any of those. And like I said, most of the wrestlers that I like are the ones who either appear on NXT or briefly on SmackDown. That's about it. With the exception of Goldberg. Um, so it's a come and go thing with WWE. AEW, on the other hand, like I've been invested with everyone. Orange Cassidy and the best Finns. Uh, top Flight, the Sindo Brothers, 2.0, formerly known as Everize, um, uh, and of course, the Dark Order, Britt Baker, DMD, uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, the Men of the Year, Chris Jericho and the whole Inner Circle, the Pinnacle and MJF. Like, I've been more invested with AEW than I have ever in a sense of it, before Punk came, but this sealed the deal of how much of a fan I am with them. And I think it's I think it's funny because when I was younger, even when The Rock and uh, Stone Cold were part of WWE, I really didn't get into them that as much as I did with WCW. I, I stood up for those Nitro episodes, those Thunder episodes, those Saturday night episodes on WCW. I stood up every night for them. I was invested with WCW. WWE, I really wasn't much into it, except literally up to Invasion and Goldberg's return in 2004, leading up to that. But I knew most of those wrestlers because they used to work for WCW. Whether it's Ric Flair, Booker T, uh, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio. They were all in WCW before they went to WWE. And some of them used to work for WWE, but worked for WCW at the time. And I started to grow knowing about The Rock and Stone Cold, at least. And then, of course, G-Generation X, in some points of it. But I was more invested with WCW at the time. Now, ECW, brief, I won't lie. I know a little bit of Sandman and Tommy Dreamer and Sabu and Taz. But I really wasn't much into ECW in some cases because I wasn't allowed to watch it. I was, I, again, I was living in a household where my family wasn't allowing me to be more open in the sense of, hey, um, this is violent. They were, that's what it was. It was more of violence is not allowed in our household because I grew up in a household where my father was an atheist, but he was more in religious modern terms of it. 
uh, ruling, and my mom was a Christian. <laughs> and as a black man whose mother is very religious, I think everyone can agree with me when it comes to the point that watching wrestling is a sin. All the sex, the blood, the violence, the swearing. So you can imagine how limited I was to able to watch mostly wrestling in my household. No different than me listening to rap music or rock music. So I was limited to that only because of that. So my childhood was limited to some cases about it. It wasn't because once the Attitude Era happened, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling. When it was the Golden Era wrestling, Hogan, Warrior, Macho Man, I was allowed to watch wrestling. Because again, it was more positive outlook. The Attitude Era... I was barred from watching it. I was not allowed to watch it from my family. So, yeah, that was pretty much why. It wasn't until I got older, they understood that I was being responsible and learning maturity, that I was able to do it on my own and watch it. And that was around the 2000s era. Just right in the cusp of attitude uh, era and ruthless aggression. So, yeah, that's my whole suggest of it. And around that time, I was introduced around the same time to knowing about the WCW as well in those years and such. So WCW was a lot more lighter than WWE was at the time of it, but I was still in that sense of it. So this gives me that feeling again. My aunt used to watch wrestling with me sometimes. She would never understand it and I would explain things to her. Now me being 15, 16 years old, explaining to an elderly 50, 60 year old woman living in Chicago what wrestling is, it's not really much a good picture of it, but it was something that I connected with. And that's another reason why AEW gives me that same vibes again. But now that Punk is in the added equation, makes me feel even more better. Especially him being a Chicago native. So, with that being said, people, I would love to know your opinions on what do you think about Punk's return. His match and All In. Hopefully, I'll be giving some results about that. Um, otherwise, if anything, you guys let me know what you think about Punk's return. What, what dream match would you love to see Punk do in AEW? My thing is, I would love to see him go against 8MGF. I would love to see him make a match against MJF or any of the members of the Pinnacle. I would love to see him take on Ethan Page, a fellow geek, <laughs> or Scorpio Sky. I love to see him fight Cody Rhodes again, even though he's fought Cody for a couple of times. So, you know, and I would love to see him deal with a couple of squash situations like his rivalry with Jericho and Colt Cabana, because many of you all know his history with Colt Cabana. But if you don't just Google it, it's not that hard to find. <laughs> um, so with that being said, I'm looking forward to Punk being back in the ring and I'm looking forward to seeing him be happy. And if we're lucky, I'm hoping that his wife, April Jeanette, a.k.a. A.J. Lee, might have a little bit of input helping as well. I'm not expecting her to be back in the ring because a lot of mental health situations with her is the complication on that. And I love what she's doing now. My only disappointment is her representation in fighting with my family. Selena Vega is a very awesome wrestler, and she's just as geeky as her. But they didn't do her justice in that movie. They really didn't do justice to AJ Lee. They made it look as if Zelina was dressed like Zelina, but pretending to be AJ Lee. She didn't look like AJ. She didn't dress like AJ. And that was a disappointing thing for me. They should have made it more like that. And they didn't. On the other end of that, though, 
I mean, if April Jeanette ever decided to get back in the ring again, I would be welcoming for it. But I understand on her too, no different than Punk. So from somebody, and I hope if Phil Brooks ever listens to this, I hope he understands. And this is what I'm going to end this episode with. My message to Philip Brooks. Thank you for coming back to wrestling. Thank you for loving it again. You were one of the main reasons why I'm able to be who I am personally, even as a black person of alternative taste. You helped me express myself in a way that I always wanted to in everything else. I wanted to be the you of music and photography and everything artistically outside of wrestling. You helped me in that sense of it. And I only hope someday that if you hear this and I run into you, that you would appreciate what you've done for me. Every match you've done, every time you've spoken out about injustice of things. Now, I'm not going to lie. Unfortunately, I am not a straight edge because uh, of personal reasons of it. But if I was born in the same era as you to be straight edge, I would have been. Your way of being rebellious, but still individual, unique, and able to take no shit from anybody is what wrestling needs again. Because most of every promo that's out now, every pipe bomb that's been explicit, every person who's spoke in any line and gone off the record for anything wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. You were the wrestler that made that difference. That's why people put you in the same lane as people as The Rock and Stone Cold put together before people like Becky Lynch even came into the picture. You were the person that changed that for wrestling. And the best part was is that it, you, it came from a place of sincerity. There are pictures of you younger meeting with these same heroes in wrestling that you look up to, that you probably have worked with or probably have known. And it couldn't have been a better time for you to come back, especially for you to love it again. And if it took Tony Khan and you to know each other for a year, for you to think that it's possible, we w you wouldn't have many people. And if only you understood, and you probably do, how many millions and millions of fans you have brought back into wrestling who've not watched wrestling since your last match. And for you to do that now is an incredible feat itself. And I only wish you knew, like, again, how much that's changed for people like me. Again, JR said it best about you being Jordan-esque because it's the honest to God truth. The only difference, hopefully, is that you won't be just wearing that 45 the whole year. <laughs> You'll go back to the 23 as appropriate. So with that being said, everything that I've done, the way I am, how I am in some cases about it, I, I owe it to you, even outside of wrestling. My love of wrestling in some sense of it came because of you as well. So with that being said, Philip Brooks, thank you for doing this for wrestling fans. New, old, young, old, male, female, whatever preference they are. Um, because literally, and I hate to quote this from a, I hate to take a part little quote from a somebody unfortunate, but you're making wrestling great again, coming back. So with that being said, people, this is my this is uh, a wrap up for the show. 
Make sure if you have any suggestions, leave them on me on my social media, on all my social media. I'm also on TikTok every once in a while, doing a little bit of comedy stuff in case of it. Again, if you want to check out my photography work, jiraimedia.com for all your photography needs. This has been the Yoko Mushaki Show podcast. This has been the Cat Ear Extraordinaire. I will see you on the next episode, and as always, later days.